This is a Retail Insider Podcast. You're listening to the interview series. Welcome to the Retail Insider Podcast. I'm your host today, Craig Patterson. And we're joined by a special guest, Ethan Song. He's the founder and CEO of a company called Rare Circles, which uh, is an NFT platform. Uh, But listeners here may know him uh, better from the past as uh, the co-founder and former CEO of Montreal-based fashion retailer, Frank and Oak, which uh, certainly is a history in Canada. I've got a few items in my closet. So welcome, Ethan. Hey, Craig. Thanks for having me. Now, tell us a little bit about what you've been up to um, since your uh, departure from Frank and Oak. Yeah, I would say once I um, when I left Frank and Oak, I, um, you know, having done one project for you know over eight years, I was looking to kind of explore a few different areas. And so I basically did what I think most founders do when they sort of half retire is, which is advising and investing uh, into other uh, brands and startups. So I had the chance to work with over 10 companies uh, during a period of about two years. And uh, I was able to touch on, you know, new aspects like fintech, uh, like the blockchain space that I had a lot of interest in. And, and over time, I formulated a new thesis uh, around what I wanted to do. And that, and the outcome of that is where circles. But, you know, I would say, I've always been very much interested in the idea of like the creator economy, you know, having, you know, launched my own brand, the idea that anyone, any entrepreneur can now with the help of the internet, you know, build a community, launch products and effectively build a great business. Uh, And so definitely that was the area that I wanted to kind of continue in. And um, that's how I got to where, where I'm today. Amazing, amazing. Now, for those who aren't um, as familiar, can you tell us a little bit about what NFTs are and and maybe even blockchain? As some people aren't as familiar, I, I'm a little bit more, but still learning myself. Yeah, NFTs. You know the 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 actual definition of NFTs is a non fungible token, but really what it does is it brings ownership to digital goods. And so, you know how in the physical world, if you if you buy a shirt, uh, you own that shirt, and if you want to give that shirt to a friend, you can do that. You can also resell it. It's your shirt. Uh, in the digital world, so far, uh, most things were fungible, which meant that you could copy it, you could send it, you can listen to it, like on Spotify. Uh, and the idea of ownership didn't really exist. And I think what we're seeing now with NFTs is that you know applying the block- blockchain technology, which effectively authenticates that this item is owned by you and you only, uh, enables. Uh, this new wave of digital ownership. And so to give you a few examples, you know, that we're seeing right now in the market, um, you know, sports cards is definitely one of the areas uh, that's growing fast, you know, like NBA Topshop or like SoRare, which are basically what's what was already happening. You know, you're buying baseball cards, you're buying, you know, basketball cards of your favorite NBA stars, and, and now you can buy them online. Now, the beauty of bringing them online is that now they're infinitely tradable. You can have the price of them at all times. And there's no need to like, you know, store them uh, in your closet and try to keep them from, you know, being eaten, basically. So um, that's effectively what NFT does. Now, I think where people get often confused is a lot of people are talking about this. Hey, have you bought an NFT yet? You know, have you tried NFTs? And it's a funny thing to say because NFT is really a technology. And that's part of the reason why it has such a terrible name of non-fungible tokens. <laughs> it's it's not a thing that you buy for say. You know, I, I think. You know, when I talk to uh, my friends about it, to a certain extent, I kind of associate that to like MP3s. You know, we used to talk about MP3s as like, hey, did you get that, that MP3? Did you download the MP3? 
But really nowadays, we don't really say that word anymore. We just say music. And so in the same way that we used to say, um, did you try that app or did you, know, did you download Uber, the Uber app? Whereas now we don't really say that anymore. We just say, hey, are you using Uber? And so I think what's going to happen is that over time, people won't be buying, buying NFTs anymore. They're just going to be buying whatever they're buying, whether it's a collectible, whether it's music, whether it's you know, um, you know, 3D clothing. Uh, but the underlying technology will be powered by NFTs. That's fascinating. Do you think um, virtual clothing is going to be a thing? That this is pretty topical for retail insider. Yeah, I definitely think there's like there's a few kind of large trends that are coming um, from the NFT world, and I would say the two that are the most relevant um, to uh, retailers and brands specifically is one digital goods, uh, meaning is there a world that we can live in where we all have a digital version of ourselves and there's digital worlds. We may have a digital home and our friends can visit us in our digital home. And within that, well, you know, why wouldn't I be buying some, some of my favorite brands, right? Why wouldn't I be buying Nike sneakers, but they're digital or buy furniture or buy art, which is already happening. That's digital. So that's kind of like the broad concept of the metaverse. And obviously Facebook, you know, has, has gone big into that by even renaming the, the name of their company. And so, um, that's the broad concept of the metaverse. But I think on the other hand, the other area that we're seeing a lot of interest is applying NFTs to loyalty. And so really using NFTs more of a as a token, meaning like if I'm an owner of the NFT, I'm a member of this community, I'm a contributor in this community. And I think that probably actually is probably gonna happen sooner. Uh, I think the the true kind of digital good metaverse will be around for a long, long time. Um, but I think we're still very, very early in that and where that technology is at. This is fascinating stuff. It's like the world is changing. I know that we've had, you know, an online world, including Facebook for a while, but now it seems like we're moving into a situation where we will have a digital identity as well as our physical identity. It's it's really quite fascinating. Yeah, it's really interesting. And and definitely, I think, you know, if I'm a brand, if I'm a, a retailer or or even like a, a landlord, right, like a mall owner, like, you know, I have to ask myself, where is my role in that new world? Like, what's the position? What, how do, can I position myself strategically uh, in that new space? And, and I would say some of those answers may, may be answers you don't like, right? Like, they, they're hard questions and, and like, you know, where, where that brings us. But I, I agree with you that it's, it seems new and it was definitely accelerated because of COVID. You know, I think, you know, you saw basically like VR obviously grow. You definitely saw like, you know, online calls, obviously Zooms and like Slack and all that stuff grow. And I think, um, it's kind of accelerated the digital world by maybe five or 10 years. And that's the reason why it seems like all of a sudden we're in that metaverse universe. But the reality is if you're on Instagram, if you're on, you know, Zoom calls, if you're on Facebook or if you're on like Snapchat, you're kind of already in the metaverse, right? It may not be the 3D representation of yourself, but you're already in a digital world. You're already connecting with your friends uh, digitally. You're already using filters. You know, you're already using like other digital goods to basically make, your life seem more exciting. And so I think it's already happening. This is so interesting. Now, Rare Circles recently saw some uh, investment. Uh, there's some growth there. Tell me a little bit about what's happening with the company. Uh, it sounds like uh, things are happening quickly. Yeah, look, I mean, it's a very, very fast moving space. You know, I think that, you know, a lot of people are talking about, hey, is there a bubble basically in the blockchain space or even in NFT space? And, you know, I, I think that anyone that's observing it would probably say that that's definitely possible, um, that there's like overabundance of interest into this space. And that's accelerated because celebrities have gotten involved. You know, obviously, you know, venture capital has gotten involved. And 
And the way that I see it is that all those things can be true. And it can, that doesn't mean it's not a revolution. You know what I mean? So just like the internet in, in, the, in the year 2000, but, but from a perspective of what we're doing at Rare Circles, what we're doing is building tools that enables brands and entrepreneurs to build their own NFT experience. And so right now what you have in the market is large marketplaces like OpenSea, where effectively anyone can go and trade. So I see that almost like as an eBay uh, for NFTs. And, but what we're building is actually a B2B solution that helps you know, brands and entrepreneurs and other types of businesses to actually get into this space and be able to participate in this space. And so we see ourselves as an enabler effectively, and that's the job. And I find that having been on the other side, meaning having been an entrepreneur of a brand looking to grow, looking to build a community, uh, I can really understand kind of what I guess our new clients are looking for and, and build not just the technology, but the level of service that will help them to succeed in this space. Um, because, you know, I can sell you some software or anyone can sell you some software, but if you can't learn, right, if you can't do the change management, if you don't understand, you know, the space that you're going into, you're most likely not going to succeed. And so I do see a lot of like resemblance to the early days of e-commerce, like around 2009, 2010, um, where, you know, there's a lot of hesitation around, you know, selling online. There was a lot of like, will the, you know, will the consumers go there, right? Like, is it profitable to do it? All these questions that, you know, to a certain extent still remain some today. Um, but I definitely see that uh, in an NFT space as well. And it's like, it's good you brought that up in terms of, no, you co-founded Frank and Oak, was it, it was 2012? That's right, yeah. Did I get that right? Yeah, yeah. And that was, I mean, e-commerce was obviously a thing, but it was still, you know, it was much smaller than it was certainly now. Uh, um, you know, I, there's obviously some similarities here between what you're doing now and uh, like you just mentioned, the, the founding of Frank and Oak, which was at a time when uh, things were still a little bit new with the Internet. Uh, uh, tell me about, you know, the founding of the company. Was it, you know, a little scary or was it just an experiment or tell me about how that all got started? Uh, you mean Frank and Oak? Yeah, Frank and Oak. Yes. Yeah. I mean, look, it was, it was like now like 10 years ago and uh, actually Frank and Oak just celebrated its 10 year anniversary. So that's a lifetime in the world of brands and technology. Um, but yeah, definitely, you know, I was, uh, in my mid twenties then. And so like, I didn't really have much experience in business. Uh, it was, I had never worked at a brand or a retail company before. So everything was basically new. Um, it was very exciting. Uh, it was also very scary, uh, at times because, you know, we didn't really know if we were going to make it or like, we didn't really know about how to build a business. Right. But I think what we did well was one, we built a really strong community. And uh, like from the beginning, you know, when we launched, a lot of people were like, okay, like, you know, Frank and O is growing rapidly. And, and the big part of that was just a community that we built. And obviously we focused on it, but I would say if you look at what was happening around 2011, 2012, beyond e-commerce, that was also when, you know, platforms like Facebook and social media really started to happen. And so we definitely benefited from that in terms of building our brand and building our, our audience. And, uh, and that's where, that's how we got started. But yeah, it was, uh, very different experience than, than what, what I'm living through now, just being, being new, but I, I loved every moment of it. You know, the, I always tell like, you know, entrepreneurs that maybe are like a little bit younger than me and, uh, just getting started is that like, in the end, like it's all about the process. Like there's no end to anything. You just got to keep on going and, and do the things that you love. And so that's what we did, but, you know, bring it back to NFTs. I think what, what I see retail going right now and, and even like with some of my own like investments is I think that community is the most important thing. And so there, there's this new term that, you know, um, some people are throwing around, which is minimum viable community. 
And, and the reason for that is that if your product caters to a very strong community that has like connection to your values, connection to the value proposition of your products, you're most likely going to have a great business. And, you know, obviously examples of that would be something like Lululemon, obviously that's, you know, deep, you know, ingrained into the yoga community and has supported the community over, over time. And that obviously that, that wave was a massive wave, right? That carried Lululemon to where it is today. Um, but that commitment to the community is what part made, made them successful. So I think if you look at beauty brands in general, one reason why beauty brands are, have performed really well in the age of the internet is because of a focus on community, a focus on content. And so I think where brands can really borrow from, you know, the NFT, everything that's happening around NFTs is that NFTs equals community. And so how do I leverage this technology and not think of it as stuff that I'm selling and more stuff that, you know, people can buy, but rather as, is it, is it a way to bridge to my fans or my super fans in a way that's more powerful and that's more engaging? And, and so we were successful at Frank and Oak because of our community. And I think that most businesses in the next like 10 or 20 years are going to be successful if they have a strong community. Like having, as an example, if we go back to e-commerce and obviously we're jumping around a little bit, but having a website and being able to sell is not a differentiator, right? Being able to put ads on Facebook is not a differentiator. Having a clear idea of who you're targeting and building a community around that, I think that, that, that is what's most defensible in commerce today. Unfortunately, it's very hard to do. And, and especially if you don't have that from the ground up. No, oh, that makes a lot of sense. And uh, now we've been through uh, this pandemic. I mean, I guess technically we're not finished, but we just went through two years of, uh, of well, hell for some people anyways. <laughs> um, do you have any uh, predictions of what we're going to be seeing, uh, you know, in retail in Canada and beyond uh, uh, as we move forward as, as an observer and as someone who's still involved in terms of investing in the industry? Yeah, I think, you know, um, Obviously, I'm, I'm not running a commerce company today, so I have a bit of a different perspective and someone who's like, you know, knee deep. I, I, I think it's going to be tough for the next like at least 18 months, if not two years, right? Because there's so much uncertainty and like supply chain disruption. So the reality is, I think most retailers and brands are, are basically going to try to match numbers, pre-COVID numbers for now and, and effectively stabilize the business. Um, you know, part of the reason is because, you know, tr- it's not clear what the traffic is, right, to retail. Uh, it's very unstable. You know, obviously we're kind of getting to the end of COVID, but it's not 100% sure what's going to happen next fall. And so there's a lot of uncertainty, which I think everyone has to be super cautious. And, and so that co- combined with obviously everything that's happening around the world, uh, you know, from the war, obviously, which is a terrible thing, plus, you know, just supply chain delays overall and increase in like inflation, all of that is definitely impacting the business of retailers. And so you know, if I were a retailer today, I'd just be like extremely cautious and not overinvest and be safe in terms of what I want to do. Now, that said, I think there's a lot of like strong headwinds that are coming. I think that a lot of retailers are going to be tempted to overexpand as they see like cheap rent, maybe like, you know, pop-up opportunities and new locations open up. Personally, I think it's a terrible idea. Uh, and, you know, because I'm not running a retail, I'm, I'm, I like to be honest, because like, you know, people will always say that, hey, retail is not dead, right? Physical retail is not dead. And it's true that physical retail is not dead and it will never be dead. But it's not growing either, right? So, so then, then you have to choose where you want to invest. And that's why I, like I said, like going back to what I said before, I think being cautious, you know, I think retailers are going to have to be cautious, but make some very targeted investments in terms of building their digital business and their, their community. I think those are the things that 
I would think about doing. I think the other thing is the speed of disruption is only accelerating. And that, that's another thing that I realized where, you know, if you look at how the world was in 2010 and then how the world was in 2000, it's like completely different, right? If you look at back at how, the, how we thought of the world, even pre-pandemic, uh, it's completely different. So you have to assume that the world is not going to wait for you and that the world is going to change very rapidly. But don't get me wrong, it's very difficult to do. If, you have a, if you're running a large company uh, right now to move at the speed at which technology and the world is moving, it's, it's very challenging. So I would say that I think the other thing is just change management overall. Uh, I think in the, in, in, the, in the commerce and retail industry, how do we retrain ourselves? Right? How do we learn about these new technologies? Like how do we even learn about TikTok and how to use that? You know, things that would seem simple um, are going to be interesting things to focus on. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, the world is changing again, as we talk about NFTs, blockchain and other things as well. Uh, do you think that this is going to be um, uh, world changing in terms of, I mean, artificial intelligence? There's a lot of buzzwords and there's a lot of stuff happening here. Do you think we're in for, um, you know, some sort of a new world revolution uh, society that would be exciting and, and hopefully for the better, for the betterment of the world? <laughs> I mean, I think I think there's definitely a lot of momentum behind blockchain. Uh, I think that we're finding more and more real applications for it. Probably to a certain, like I think AI is very different because AI is really a, a business uh, process. You know, uh, strategic investments that will take longer. I think, I think blockchain because they interact with consumers, uh, they tend to kind of grow more in virality. If you look at the growth rate of adoption for crypto in general, it's basically at the same speed as the internet. So if you look at how many uh, users have wallets and are buying crypto, it's about the same number as where the internet was in the year two thousand. Now, the question, and I don't have that answer, I don't think anyone has the answer, is will it take 20 years for the blockchain to get to where the internet is today? Or rather, will it be faster because of how the world is moving and how everything is more accelerated? Uh, everyone already has internet, everyone has mobile. So look, I, I think that there's no doubt in my mind that the blockchain will grow much faster in the next like five years. You know, Banks are adopting it. It's easier and easier to buy it. Uh, regulation is going to come in, which actually is a good thing. I think, you know, consumers and investors do need to be protected. And I don't think it's bad for the technology. I actually think it's going to bring the technology to more people. Uh, but yeah, look, I, I think it's very likely that in like 10 years time, we're going to be talking about blockchain and, and digital goods just in the same way we're talking about regular stuff. This is all fascinating stuff. Is there anything else we would like to uh, talk about here today? Yeah, I think I think like just to just to finalize it, you know, going back to what I said earlier, if there's one thing that I truly believe in is that the community is what's going to drive success in the future. And so even if you're wanting to jump into NFT space or the blockchain space or if you want to kind of go into TikTok, if you don't have something to say, right? If you don't stand for anything or if you don't have a relationship you're trying to build with your with your customers, I think it's going to be very difficult. So I, I would spend more time thinking about that and then explore those new technologies. I think that's how I would approach it uh, if I were a brand today. Fascinating. So yeah, have a focus on community or at least make that a goal. Exactly. Oh, terrific. Well, thank you so much. Uh, this is Ethan Song. He's the founder and CEO of NFT platform and, and um, company Rare Circles. He's also the co-founder and former CEO of fashion retailer Frank and Oak from Montreal. Thank you for joining us today, Ethan. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And I'm Craig Patterson. I'm the founder and co-editor-in-chief of Retail Insider. Thank you, everyone, for listening today. Take care and bye for now. <laughs>